As sinners, we are dead in sin, and as such, we have been separated from God. However, because of Christ's sacrificial death on the cross, salvation has been made available to all. It says in Romans 6.11, Reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And it reads in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20 that, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. What a wondrous thing it is to no longer be dead spiritually, but instead to have Christ living in me.
These are the next ones, and then the biggest bells are back there. So, it's not one line, it's kind of a little bit. <laughs> um, we use different techniques with the bells, and I'll let them de um, demonstrate a few of those for you. Some of them make little short sounds, like the thumb damp, um, joy. Little short sounds. Another little short sound, Rebecca, is the martellato. Try it again. So it stops on the table and makes a little short sound. And um, Rindy, because you're in front, I'm going to let you do a pluck. Different style little short sound. And then there are some that elongate the sound, like the shake. Um, Lydia. Okay. So there are different techniques. Daniel, maybe you can tell a little bit. Uh, hold it up and, and demonstrate it, and I'll tell because I've got the mic. <laughs> um, why don't you demonstrate a hand chime? And let's demonstrate a bigger hand chime, Kevin. So they make a mellower sound, and they add a little more, another dimension to the music. And there are other techniques we use as well. While we're playing... Um, music that has words sung to it, obviously you can hear the words with us, but I hope that when we play music where we're just playing notes that you also can hear the words because they're familiar songs and it helps you to worship with us as you hear the words as we play. Exodus 9.13 says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Rise up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God of the Hebrews, Let my people go, that they may serve me. Thank you. 
Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, because his mercy endureth forever. God, in his great mercy, has saved us and blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Paul, in his first epistle to the Thessalonians, says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. good to be with you this morning and trust that the Lord is blessing your heart, encouraging you with the music and in our worship of the Lord. Cornerstone Bible Institute. How many of you have ever heard of it before? So I can skip the introduction part of it and the three-year Bible Institute, missionaries, pastors, local church teachers. We are so thankful that you have shared Dr. Courtney with us. It's a blessing, not only to us as faculty and staff as a school, but to the students as well. We appreciate it very, very much. Um, there are times when I want to take Greek all over again because I hear the excitement in the students' voices as they talk about their Greek words and parsing and conjugating and all these things. And it's like, 
It wasn't that exciting when I took it. <laughs> I tell him to make it look like that. <laughs> and next year, Hebrew. You wouldn't believe Bonnie's reaction when we announced that we were going to take Hebrew. Where are you? There you are. <laughs> so we're excited about that as well. There is a display table out in the foyer. Please help yourself to the literature that's on it. There are also some business cards with our web address on there. You can go on the website and you can find all the information that's on the table and, and more um, on that website as well. I thought you might like to hear from a student also. So I've asked Rebecca Young from Inman, Kansas, if she would tell you why she came to CBI. Well, I came to CBI this year um, partially because my sister came last year and I knew about the school. And my parents also encouraged going to a Bible college for at least one year to get a firm foundation. So that is what I wanted to do. And I think a little bit of it was that I just said I was going to Cornerstone for the longest time that I actually believed it myself. <laughs> and then whenever I ended up there, I realized it was all God just directing me to the right place at the right time. Good. So how has God provided for you? Um, God has provided in many different ways. He has provided various jobs over the summer and I also work at a small grocery store there in town, a little ways away from school. He also has used some family members, and I have a work scholarship in the library there at school. Okay. What's one of the main things that you've learned at Cornerstone? This is the hardest question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that one of the biggest things I've learned here at Cornerstone was that God uses all circumstances of our lives to conform us to the image of Christ and we may not always understand what is going to come out of the circumstances of our lives we may not always understand what he's doing but he's always using them for our good and to make us more like him thank you Rebecca and for those of you who may not know all of the faculty and staff at Cornerstone are missionaries with Cornerstone, so we don't receive a salary from the school. It keeps the tuition cost down as well as provides a missionary experience, I guess I would say it that way, in the classroom, just a bit of a different dynamic, not against the Bible college concept where they pay. Uh, it just simply this is what the Lord has directed. So it's very much similar to the Skype teachers that we have. Dr. Courtney is not the only Skype teacher. We have several others that teach some classes over Skype as well and appreciate their ministry also. We'd like to take a few minutes this morning and, and look into God's Word. If you would, turn with me to Job chapter 38. The background for this passage is Job's suffering physically. His suffering emotionally and even spiritually. And his friends, if you can call him that, have come to give him counsel. Now, if you just kind of rehearse in your mind, Job has lost all of his livelihood, his income, all of the flocks and herds. He has lost his children, and he has also lost his health. And even his wife said, Job, just curse God and die. Now, I don't know what her motivation was in that. Maybe she was having pity on Job. 
Or maybe he was just so pitiful to look at. I don't know. But just curse God and die. So he went and sat in a pile of ashes because it was the softest place to go. He scrapes the sores. The men come and they sit with him for a period of time in blessed silence. And then they started to counsel him. And Job begins to defend himself. And finally, in chapter 38, God intervenes in the counsel. Now, some of the counsel that the men gave was correct. Or the statements that they made concerning God were correct. But they didn't understand what was going on. And a lot of times it's that way in our lives. We don't know exactly what God is doing through the circumstances, even like Rebecca said. But we know that all things work together for good. And verse 29 goes along with Romans 8.28 to conform us to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 38 it says, Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this who darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Now prepare yourself like a man. I will question you. You shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me. If you have understanding, who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? To what were its foundations fastened? Or who laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? How many of you here would volunteer to take this test before God? what I thought. (laughs) It's nothing like taking a test at Cornerstone. Nothing at all. God answers or God speaks to Job. And I'm going to assume that it's in the hearing of the men that are standing there or sitting there with him as well. But he says, who is this who darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Who is this who is speaking? They don't know what they're talking about. Who is it? Job. Stand up. You understand the term man up? Gird yourself like a man. Man up. Come on. Stand up, Job. Take responsibility for what's happening here and you answer me some questions. I don't know how I would respond. But to me, that is a very intimidating situation. God's saying, Prepare yourself like a man. Now I'm going to ask you some questions. No study guide. <laughs> no, no cheat sheet. No, no teacher handed out. This is the list of the questions on the, you know, or uh, work through them ahead of time, and and you'll know how to do it. He just says you answer these questions. Now, Job, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? And what's the answer for that? Well, I wasn't. Then, Job, what makes you think you're so intelligent that you can make all of these arguments about God and about His righteousness? And I could stand before God and plead my case and I could do all of these things. He said, Job, where were you? Tell me if you have understanding. Then, Job, who determined its measurements? If you've done some study in science and you determine, you understand the 
intricacies of our universe and how much variation there could be in the size and the distance and all of those kinds of things and still sustain life on this earth? The tolerances are very close. Who designed all that? Job, can you tell me? Were these measurements just arbitrary or did God have something in mind when He put this all together? Explain it to me, Job. He stretched the line. You've measured it. I love verse 6. To what were its foundations fastened? Things shake in Oklahoma periodically these days. You better have something built on a good foundation, right? And even then, it's going to shake a bit. What is the earth resting on? The cornerstone, the foundation. What, what's it resting on, Job? The old preacher said, he hung the world on nothing because there was nothing to hang it on. And it stayed there. <laughs> That's pretty cool, you know. <laughs> Let's put it out there. You, you ever try that? We played some pool over there in the teen. What do you call it? The, rock. the what? The rock. the rock. Okay. Take a pool pool ball, put it in the air, and say, "Stay there." What's going to happen? going to fall. God said, here's the earth. Right there. Stay there. Go around the sun. Do this. And it, and it what? It does it? How many of us have the intelligence to figure that one out? No. We don't have it. Why? You know, and, and it's interesting too. He said, who laid its what? Cornerstone. Who is the chief cornerstone in the Scripture? And who sustains, Colossians chapter 1, who sustains all things and keeps all things going and has them all? Jesus Christ. He's the cornerstone. He's the one on whom it is resting. He is the one who is sustaining. And you know and I cannot explain how that works except that He is God. That's it. That's it. And we, we could go on. I, I have four sections marked out in my Bible here with a couple of additional ones because I think it is so fantastic. But he goes on in, in chapter 42. Job answers the Lord then. After all of these questions that God asked Job, he says, I know that you can do everything and no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. You ask, who is this who hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered what I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me which I did not know. Listen, please let me speak. You said, I will question you. You shall answer me. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Therefore, I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. Job comes to the point 
when, when God has revealed Himself and He just says, I repent in dust and ashes. It's all over. God is God. I am man. God can do whatever He wishes. Now, you know, the, the thing that I want to leave you with this morning is this. In all of Job's suffering, in all of the questions, in all of the arguments, in all of God's revelation, God never explained what He was doing to Job. He revealed Himself. And Job said, that's good enough. Stop and think about that. All of our lives, we want to know why. Why this and why this and why. And that's not bad. As long as our heart is submissive to what God is doing. But if all we see is God's hand at work, that's enough. And I trust that as we continue with the music, as we continue in our worship together, we will see God and we will be able to say, that's enough. That's all I need. I just need to see Him. May the Lord bless as the students come again. Psalm 150, verse 6. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. The well-known children's song, Hallelujah, Praise Ye the Lord, expresses a theme that should be constantly in the hearts, if not on the lips, of every believer.
Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 states, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us therefore come boldly before the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. What a wonderful position and standing we have in Jesus Christ, our high priest, allowing us to come boldly before the throne of God above.
117 says, oh, oh, praise the Lord, all ye nations. Praise him, all ye people. For his merciful kindness is great towards us, and the truth of the Lord endures forever. Praise ye the Lord.